This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. Every good evening to all and thanks for tuning in to High FM 101.9. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I'm delighted to be to share this space and time with you once again as we reflect on issues of national importance. Uh, our conversation, as you all know, that they are not very easy. We often deal with very complex uh, and dynamic issues and which are ever-changing uh, in, in, in the landscape of politics, as it were. Um, I'm, not the, I'm, not, I'm of the view that uh, every time when you, you, you see what happens in politics, you begin to see how decisions that we take in political land space, land space affect the economic performance, as it were. If you, didn't know there, if you didn't know that there was a positive correlation between politics and economy, uh, there you are. It simply does exist, and it has a huge repercussions, as it were. Uh, before I get into the main issues of tonight's uh, conversation, let me pay homage to those who came before me. Uh, someone, thank you very much for coming through, David and Sina. Uh, thank, once again, let me take this opportunity to thank you, the listener, for uh, really providing us with sound uh, and useful feedback from time to time which has done a, a us a huge favor in terms of shaping shaping the the, the program as it were uh, moving on swiftly let me uh employ you once again to encourage you to be part of the be part of tonight's conversation <coughs> beg your pardon uh, be part of tonight's conversation via our sms line which is three four five one nine our telegram is oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine Nine five, and of course, my email address is nimrod at chayef.co.za. Um, as a norm, we we often reflect slightly on issues that were part of the national conversation, part of national discourse, and I want to just quickly reflect on you know what we have experienced last week at Davos. For I think it 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 was such an important milestone in the South African calendar uh, and the question which rises based on the outcome of Davos uh, conversa- uh, conversation for me is what have we done and what have you achieved from that point and what is it that we have learned from uh, Davos conversation uh, for an example what comes to mind is the extent to which are we addressing the policy, policy certainty issues the, the extent to which we are addressing credibility of SOEs the extent to which we are addressing structural reforms. So these are some of the things that constantly are being thrown at our face in platforms such as Davos or World Economic Forum, IMF, and so on and so forth. So, so these are some of the questions that we obviously, obviously have to reflect on from time to time so that we're able to chart the way forward. One of the issues that I want to reflect on is the fact that, again, SAA has been bailed out. Uh, thanks to the uh, Development Bank of South Africa to the tune of about um, uh, 3.5 billion. Here's a question for me, which I would imagine every single person who who has a fundamental view about our role in, you know, our role or our passion around the so-called national career while we're persisting with it, is when you do when you do your math. I've just done a bit of research. Uh, since 1999, we have lost close to 45 billion rands on SAA alone. And when you juxtapose that with the return on investment, 
here we are, we are, you know, funding an institution that has not even produced the financials recently. So that begs the question, on what basis, because there's no credibility, on what basis are we funding an institution that failed to produce the basics? As that's not enough, we have had incidences in Guagda, for an example, as, a, as something that we need to reflect on, that, you know, we've seen recently that Kwakwa communities were up in arms, uh, barricading roads, protesting against water shortages. And we've had numerous explanations from all quarters. Some obviously argue um, from a financial point of view and argue, others argue from an infrastructure point of view or infrastructure that has been not been maintained over a period of time. And one thing that took me slightly, that something that shocked me in a way, is how, you know, this thing, the whole thing has been handled. We picked up again, you know, there's another, you know, ministerial task team that is going to investigate this issue. How many ministerial task teams we have had? Do we need a ministerial task team to address such basic issues my question is, we have had the Premier of Free State who has been at the helm of, for a period of 10 years. And here we are, a community that is literally less than 50 k's away from Sterfontein Dam and has no water. We have seen very unpleasant scenes whereby, you know, patients in both hospitals had to literally walk with their drips to fetch water. What does that say about leadership? What does it say about our, our political thought processes in this country? So these are my thoughts that I wanted to, to reflect on. The last bit that I wanted to reflect on is uh, the, the fact that the, um, you know, the National Assembly has now passed a motion to review or to regulate the removal of Chapter 9 heads, heads of Chapter 9 institutions. And I've picked up from a, a bit of review that I've done that she intended to question the credibility of, of that particular process. What do you think about that? Does she have the leg to stand on to even question parliamentary processes, if the DA or any other political party for that matter say um, the credibility of this office has been, has been compromised, which means uh, we need to review how incumbents behave. Anyway, this is my view as a way of reflecting on these very pertinent issues. Last but not least, and I've picked up that, um, you know, the, we have got a new CEO at Transnet. Um, that, that, that's something that is good news. Uh, hopefully the board, uh, Transnet and the board at SOE would, would obviously, uh, begin to give us the kind of confidence. Talking of confidence, tonight's theme is around business confidence. All these issues that are reflected on are fundamental about business confidence. If we cannot address the slow pace of structural reforms, be it on land, on energy, we're not gonna get the kind of investment that we want. If you can't sort out the deteriorating financial or public finances 
and frequent power outages. If you can't address the issues that were brought to our attention uh, by Moody's, Standard & Poor, as well as Fitch. Besides, one might ask, they, they, these institutions provide due diligence in terms of evaluating the market positions of any company which they want to invest in. So it's neither here nor there. Until we get to a space where, as a country, we don't have a budget deficit that is sitting at 70, 71.3% and, and which is about to balloon in the next three years. We can't even ask about where, you know, why we've been dictated upon by the rating agencies. We simply are not in a position to manage our affairs. The other issue that I want to reflect on, um, as I'm, as I'm about to introduce my, my, my guest tonight, is all the issues that were brought to attention by the likes of Moody's, for an example. One is that reduce the government debt, which is sitting at about 71.3%, reduce government deficit, which is sitting at 57.7 billion, reduce the salary bill, which is currently sitting at about 35% of 2 trillion, and sorting out the SOEs. So these broad issues are fundamentally about how we as a country project ourselves to those whom we want our resources spent. Before I go any further, let me take this opportunity to welcome regular voices in the studio. Uh, Mr. Justice Ndab, who is a t- who is the director at the Knowledge Anchors Group, as well as um, uh, 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 an old friend of mine here. Yeah. <laughs> Baba, look at me this time around. I know you're not feeling well, <laughs> but this time around, look at me. <laughs> Someone out there is listening. We want to talk about other stuff, about, you know, the game that is impending. Uh, but, but, but for now, just stay with me. Okay. Are you well, Otiam? I'm very well, uh, Nim. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, thank you. Uh, Doc, how are you? Good evening. Good evening, Bruce. Okay. I'm going to start with Justice. Uh, a quick one, Justice. I mean, I've set the scene by reflecting on those broader issues um, around the... The, 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 firstly, let's, let's unpack exactly what we mean by business confidence from where you're sitting so that, um, we, we take our listeners along based on our own understanding of, um, what we understand by business in, uh, you know, uh, uh, environment that is conducive for confidence that we need. Yeah. Look, um, the confidence levels is something that is, is measured scientifically. So, at least from that perspective, um, we have numbers that we can code. So if you look, for instance, at um, historically in South Africa from as early as the 70s or so, we've had, we have trends, we have measurements to an extent that if you look at the confidence levels at a measurement level where we are now, scientifically, I mean, we are at the figures that we were at in 1980. The last time we were these figures um, was in 1980. And these, I mean, they, they look at about six or seven uh, uh, parameters which detem- determines confidence levels. Um, and, 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 and these, when you take the same basket of issues and measure them over time, we can safely say scientifically our Confidence levels are down. 
are down to an extent that they haven't been this down uh, in 30 years or so. So, so we now know that that is a fact. But what is it that is impacting on our low confidence levels at the moment for South Africa Incorporated? So, one we know for all of us, the the first red flag is is, is power cuts. Okay, so that in itself, because the um, everybody has agreed and everybody does agree that. Um, electricity in this case ESCOM. The reason it is ESCOM is that they, they are responsible for the generation of 95% of uh, the power in South Africa. So um, when they measure uh, the, the, the one of the key reasons for the low levels is load shedding and lack of power or consistent power supply. <laughs> Let's just say that. The second point that they look at that they've measured is, is policy implementation. And the difference that they make here, remember in policy, if you look at the page that talks about policy, they look at it in, in four categories, development, um, and in this case, they've measured us very low on, on the section on implementation side, which means that our problem is not on the side of developing policies or putting them together, and and so forth. So our issue there um, is 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 policy implementation. So number one, power cuts. Number two, policy implementation, which is the 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 policy implementation side. They 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 look at different things because they look at the, our consistency of application or unsureness. Uh, 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 for instance, unsureness may mean. Um, you go to this government entity, you go to that government entity, there's no consistency in them because you need to see commonality there. So that causes uncertainty. Then you have the third one, which is uh, public finances. So public finances are a, a key indicator of confidence level. So in other words, this means that the stakeholders have no assurance how we manage in the public finances. Or the confidence in that side, talk, uh, 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 we are not trusted in the manner in which we manage these public finances. The, th the fourth one is um, in terms of the ratings, which we always talk about, investment ratings. So this investment ratings talks about where and how are we graded. So that also determines the, 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 our confidence levels. And then the second last, obviously the last one, so, so you have the investment grade levels, which then you would have entities that would, would grade us at, this is where Moody's comes, uh, comes about at this moment, because it's the most positive at the moment of Moody's, which we are just below. We're about to be rated now, I think, in, uh, in a few weeks time, where everybody has an expectation that that could be junk. Then the last one that is measured is the exodus of uh, foreign capital. So in this case, it, you look at the uh, whether it's FDIs coming in, but in here it's capital flight, really. You know, <laughs> uh, the extent to which um, uh, foreigners take their monies and fly. Uh, so that that determines the the level of confidence that we have. The other one I, I will talk about later, but this really looks at internally mainly and looks at um, the amount in which businesses uh, purchase fixed assets. There's a measurement level there, but there, at least now in this quarter, 
the, we only have the numbers for quarter four of last year, which is the only positive news that we have in the country at the moment. Because uh, if you look at uh, quarter four, December, uh, uh, we were at 6.1, I think. And 6.1 was the most positive it had been for the whole year. So it means that um, when they measure this, 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 this parameter, which is really your cross fixed capital formation, which is, uh, uh, you know, our business buying assets, fixed assets in particular, equipment and so forth and so forth. So they looked at that and it was the first time between September to December that there was a positive trend. Uh, so, which is probably the only positive news, in the, it's meaning that some businesses are beginning to buy fixed assets, and it was the first time it was in the green since the beginning of 2019. So, in that case, it gives you an account that in the six parameters that we are measured, in only one is in the green. So, Would about you, five are, are, are really red. Okay, let me take this opportunity to bring Idem Zolisi, Demanda from the Demanda and Associates. Uh, you've heard how justice pretty much gives us an account of what constitute or what are the variables that are being used to judge the level of business confidence. What's your take on that? Um, thanks, Nim. I think I'll perhaps go just go one step back uh, from where justice started because it was, it was quite comprehensive in what you said. But I think the issue is, <clears throat> my pardon, Ultimately, is what is causing um, the the problem that you have now and the problem that you're talking about. Um, it the the first thing that's a problem is, in, in my view, um, lack of appropriate skills uh, in the public sector. And that is, amongst other things, caused by uh, what is called cadet deployment. Now, there's nothing wrong with cadet deployment in principle. Because when you win elections as a political party, you obviously want uh, people who are going to implement your, your, your policies. But for God's sake, when you do um, deploy people, do, do, uh, deploy people who have the skills and the know-how uh, to do the job that's required, I, I think that that's really is the, is the biggest problem. That I, <clears throat> that, that I think we face as a country. And you've seen the duration of a period of 25 years. Because we have, uh, in the main people who, you know, who have, who don't have the right skills for what needs to be done. The, the other issue, of course, relates to the, to your parastatals. And, and, uh, the thing, one thing that we don't talk about with, when we talk about problems at ESCOM is, can some of the problems that we're seeing in ESCOM be solved by management or the board? Because it seems to me some of the problems that ESCOM has are at a macroeconomic level. Let's give you, give you an example. Um, one of the problems that ESCOM has is non-payment of electricity by, say, residents in the townships, for instance. The question is, what can the board do? What can... Uh, management of ESCOM do? You can change COs as, as many times as you want to. Can you solve that? Can you solve that problem? Or is it a problem that needs political intervention? You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot, there's, 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 there are also, there are layers, the layers of, of, of things that I think we need to be unbundled 
You know what? I, I'm glad you raised those two very important issues. Um, I mean, obviously, justice was giving us more of those, uh, the, the indicators which we've been judged against mm. uh, to determine level of, of, of business confidence. I, I appreciate you taking a step back and say, but mm. we are looking at the symptoms. What are the root causes yeah. of the problem? Mm. Uh, in your view, the root cause of the problem can be attributed to, to KD deployment, as you're putting it. That, yeah. well, the extent to which, in principle, you're saying, in, there's nothing untoward in KDA deployment as a matter of principle, but it is, it is a misfit wherein people who do not have the requisite skills and competencies being deployed in highly technical positions or environment, which they have absolutely no clue, which accounts for some of these uh, issues. Am yeah. I correct to, to assume that? Yeah. The, yeah, then that's correct. I just, I just wanted to, to make uh, one more example um, about South African Airways, for instance. Um, there's this debate now whether it should be sold or kept, uh, you know, within, uh, you know, as, as, as an SOE. Um, the issue with SAA is that SAA competes with other airlines that are privately owned. Now, the difference, as you would know, uh, between a, a publicly owned entity and a private owned entity, the, the speed with which decisions are made, it takes forever for decisions to be made at SAA because, uh, you know, your executives need to check with, with politicians. And that takes forever. In other words, there's no agility uh, when it comes to decision making. How do, you, how do they compete? I mean, uh, this is just one mm. of the many examples uh, of, of the many problems that SA has, yeah. But but um, maybe just go back to issues of skills. Yeah. I mean, obviously the skills are necessary. Um, however, they need to be accompanied by a stronger political force. I mean, in my mind, as I I, I listen to both of you put your different views together, you know, what about the political will that looks at, for an example, non-payment? Of um, tariffs by township folks, okay? Because we've picked up that Sweet alone, which is one of the largest township in in, in the country, owes in an excess of what what fifteen fifteen to seventeen billion, billion rands. It's okay. far, yeah. You know, so it's over so, twenty now. So so that on its own, you you quite correct. It can't be something that can be managed by the board. No, absolutely not. It can't be something that can be managed by 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 the executive. Uh, you have to have, and we've seen recently that, you know, some, where, somewhere in Jabavu, the, 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 the residents, uh, are, are not really happy with, with the, what, what ESCOM is trying to push. So the issue of ESCOM is far bigger than just management and governance. Yeah. It is more political. Yeah. And until we have that kind of political will that addresses, because these costs are fundamentally, well, ultimately, they, they speak to how we can reduce the, 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 the deficit. Which begins to talks to the investor confidence that we're talking about. Mm. If you can manage that, we begin to, among us others, others, you know, drop down the 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 the, the government debt, because we're gonna have to pay out of the fiscus to bail Eskom out from time to time. So 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 whatever you what you're putting on the table, ultimately f- finds expression in the environment on business confidence that you're talking about tonight. That if we have almost like a systemic approach in understanding what was going on, we're more likely to address. But here's a million dollar question. Is there political will? 
I, I have my doubt about that because uh, ANC uh, is now in a position where uh, it is it is the, the majority has reduced quite substantially. It then becomes very difficult for them uh, as a governing party to to <clears throat> to make some of the decisive decisions that they need to be, need to be made, including making people pay for services. You know, um, they amongst themselves, I mean, have have, have people who. Would make sense. Um, it sort of sounds uh, maybe uh, strange, but you have someone like Titumbo, for instance, who's been adamant uh, on the uh, payer or user payer principle. It actually makes a lot of sense. You you use uh, service, services, you pay for them. It is as simple as that. Now the same thing with ESCOM and electricity and 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 people, uh, the townships, for instance, wouldn't pay. You use electricity, you must pay for it. Yeah, you must pay for it. Yeah, look, um, the, the 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 question of political will, we can we can judge it in different ways. In the sense that, if if you look at on a policy level, the ANC has pronounced itself in terms of the user pay principle. So they have adopted that formally. They've given ESCOM the go ahead. By the way to collect from Soweto, and which is why they've started doing that. Part of the projects that you see in Soweto is on the prepayment system, which is what the, 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 the citizens are. So there's two folds to the complexity of that problem. So there's a way forward, which is the way forward is known. So there's currently projects that are in Soweto of uh, implementing um, uh, prepayment system. My mother's house has already been prepaid and she's paying. She's one of those that are paying and there's more and more of that. So, but there are other areas, for instance, uh, feeding into the outlying squatter areas that are uh, 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 tapping into. into the residents' uh, uh, houses. And now because of that, you have those that are still, because they do not formally have allocated stands, therefore they illegally tap into uh, other Soweto residents' houses. Then you also have the backroom people where now you have all of this complexity. So more and more in terms of the project, there are uh, agreed principles that the Soweto residents are now beginning to pay or are being put into the system of payment. But you have historical debt issue. So the the historical debt issue is that is what is becoming a problem as well because now there's a push of um, NGOs in Soweto who are campaigning for residents for this debt to be written off, which is another process. But in terms of the process of implementation of a user paper, there is a way forward in terms of that because you see that um, throughout Soweto now, if you go around Soweto, you will begin to see that there is progress in that regard. However, the complexity of it is that you have these other things that you have to manage. That are So from the will aspect, there is political will. There has been a pronouncement on that, and then ESCOM is busy implementing it, obviously in the complexity of the situation. We've succeeded now in... Eguruleni has gone from... 80% to about 90% full payment now. Remember, is now if you go to Eguruleni townships, which were also in a similar situation, 
But now if you look at them, they, they've uh, 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 moved quite a long way to now be almost 100% in terms of user pay because all of Agrulene now is almost on prepaid. So you're having progress for, for township areas now. So um, uh, 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 there is political will, I would argue, at this point because you you begin to see uh, the implementation of that. Okay. But can I maybe make a slightly different point? I hear you. Mm. The indication is that evidence suggests that there is a political will mm. to address some of these issues, you know, despite the complexity. Yeah. Um, in the space of SOEs, mm. because ultimately we're still talking about, we're talking about business confidence. Mm. ESCOM is just one, it's almost like a tip of an iceberg yeah. around the SOE environment. Yeah. So when you look at all about, we've got about 750 SOE as a, as a whole. Yeah. So, so I want you to 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 reflect on yes. on on definitely. So on on not only ESCOM but across, across all them. because in that way we begin to have a uniform approach that demonstrate one political will, but they also uh, send a strong signal to the investors that we're no longer going to carry um, these entities that are draining the fiscus. True. Well, if I may enter there before yeah. he jumps in, uh, the I was getting into that actually, but the issue one we agree that CADA deployment has been a problem, but there's the they the, the would also um, there is a, a, a history behind that because if you look at where we come from, um, which is 25 years now, if the first part of the the the, the initial years, perhaps 94 to about 98. Uh, very highly qualified individuals were being deployed. All right. So then over time, because remember, some of our most skilled and highly qualified people, highly qualified black people went into state entities in the beginning. What the, what was the problem? You began about five, six years into our democracy, begin to have interference in the way in which they operated whether they were at executive level or they were at boards and then many of them um, started exiting the public sector because of this problem because now many of them were being purged uh, and many of them uh, because of the paging their careers were destroyed and because of that uh, the public space as a career progression became unattractive to black professionals because they say, why should I go there? If, um, if I get to, to get a position as a CEO, I can't make any decision. I have to refer to uh, the political masters as al- almost on a daily basis, you know. So it became, it slowly became an area in which pro- professionals did not want to enter into. That created space, therefore, also. For people who are just deployed, who didn't have the skills, who did not have the the capacity and so on, because you wouldn't even attract those that are skilled. So it became toxic in that sense. So because of that toxicity then, um, no one was prepared to go into that. And as a result, you had an erosion of skills, and that was too much. And because of that, that's why you see that six years... But Justice, can I just interrupt you? Are you saying there was no foresight... All things being equal, yes, we have got this exodus of uh, black professionals because of the toxic environment that you're referring to. Mm. Um, are you saying from a sequencing point of view, there, could, there wasn't a thought process of putting corrective measures, i.e. support, 
you know, either coaches or mentor, mentorship to those that were not qualified. Because I want to get to this point because it just does not make sense to me mm. that um, the whole system could be brought on its knees on the basis that the you know majority of, of, of black professionals fled. Surely, if you're anticipating the that's the where the question of, of leadership comes in because clearly. The, we did not have that foresight in the sense that the foresight in the sense that people might have foresight, but we, some are not responsive to, to responsive to the implication of their decisions because many probably undermine the impact of which their paging could do to the system. And because of that, it's because we, we suffering from the impact of those decisions. Basically, which then resulted in the fact that um, we, we we can now say no, there's a leadership vacuum. Foresight was not existing. Yes, there wasn't because even let's suppose you were uh, uh, HR professionals in the public entity, you want to implement a coaching uh, program. It, it probably would take you about seven years to try and implement that. In any case, because of the same issue, you know. Okay, Mzolesi, do you have a different view? Maybe, yeah. Um, I, I, I think right from the beginning, um, you, the, the only difference between the early stages of ANC uh, rule and now is, is that the Kenya deployment at the time had a, some element of skills in, in it, but uh, you, you still, in, by and large, had um, people deployed in government who were ANC people. Were ANC people, uh, which which is not different from from what you see now. Is that as as this is why I agree with him. Over, over a period of time, you know, you you had people who couldn't stand being uh, people are patched uh, rather uh, who, who basically left and, and went to the to the private sector. Uh, but for the entire 25 years, uh, you've you've had the cadre deployment that had an element of. In the beginning, there was a bit of a mix between uh, uh, skilled and maybe some not so skilled, but ANC people. I mean, I mean, uh, we're not going to mention names here, but you know, there were ANC people who were skilled and some not so skilled. And over a period of time, you things progressively got worse. And um, and the the people who are in charge of of, of government in this country knew when um, things started getting worse. They knew they did nothing. Now it, 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 it's about, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just good enough of hand. Really, it's good enough of hand. Okay, I'm just going to bring in Eric Stillman, who have just joined us. Um, Eric, um, you know, we're talking business confidence. Yes. All the issues in the, in the SOE space, yes. the kinds of um, issues that Mzolisi is making reference to injustice I spoke about yes. are in the main... Um, saying to us out there that um, we we have not really built sufficient confidence that we we, we are able to manage and govern SOEs just yeah. on SOEs no, sure, only sure, just sure. on SOEs no, let alone sure. going elsewhere. Okay. So so part of the turnaround obviously yeah. is to instill that kind of confidence. Yeah. Sure. You know. So I'm saying my view is that there is a bit of traction, um, but but we need more than just appointment of boards and executives. But we need a radical transformation of even even part of it restructuring, because it's not just a question of putting Mzolisi as a CEO and putting putting you as a chairperson when the configuration and the entire business model just does not make sense. 
we have to get to a point where the state manages what it can and give private players opportunity to participate in the market because in the main, this, the role of the state is not so much about to dictate, it's to create an enabling environment for private uh, partners to take advantage. So the state is crowding out investment. We've got about 750 SOEs in the country. So if the potential that sits with those 750 or so SOEs can be unleashed, I'm of the view that we can address at least one business confident, two policy certainty around what is that we're doing with all this. Your view. Okay. Uh, the penny dropped for me uh, uh, today when, I, when, when you told me what we're going to talk about. And, and I was kind of trying to put the whole thing in perspective as to what's actually going on. And I'd like to bounce it off you, so Lizzie uh, and Justice, uh, you know, listen to you guys on the way here. So I, th- I think there are a couple of very interesting things going on here in terms of the country, some positive and in joining the dots, which impact also on business confidence. So I'm putting out a, a statement here. Right now the country is being governed by the, the ruling party. One of the reasons that Cyril and Tito and the leadership are unable to go and take a very strong stand in the media and kind of get on with the agenda, particularly Tuto would have sold SAA for, for, in, in his view. They're constrained. Everyone in, in the ANC is constrained. They actually, if, if you, if you think about it, Ace can't, he was, he was constrained in terms of what he could say as a loose cannon, David Mapusa and Cyril Ramaphosa and Tito Mboweni. There's now a government collective democratic political decision-making process that from a governance point of view you're going to have to plug in because it's a model that has not existed up until now. That it's overtly, that is the process and it includes the, the alliance partners. So you can't move on labor without engaging directly and negotiating with Kosatu. Every decision has to be negotiated and can't just move forward at steam. Having said that, look at the private sector's role and the role of expertise in the two SOEs that we're really talking about right now, ESCOM and SAA. Who have you got at ESCOM? Andre de Reuter. Not a political appointee, a guy who got there through some kind of recruitment process on the basis of his skills as a private sector CEO. For better or for worse, he's not the world champion of CEOs, he didn't have a good run at yeah. at, at, at NAMPAC, but yeah. he did have a good run apparently at Sassel. And he's got a plan. He's Apparently, he's, right now, they've got an action plan which is operational, the nuts and bolts of running ESCOM better. You, you see this phased uh, uh, kind of, he said it, we're going to take 18 months before we get our maintenance program in place. You see Gwedek. Yesterday, announcing to the mining in Darba that we open now for private sector to generate their own electricity. We've got to bridge the demand gap, and at the same time, we've got to get ESCOM right, and we've got it in good hands. And what does Moody say? Moody says they've now building their confidence that there's a plan, and the hard work 
is going to be done, and it's not an overnight quick fix. That's all they want to know. They want to know. I mean, ESCOM and SAA from time to time, particularly ESCOM, has had a positive operating profit had they not getting got involved with those two mega new power stations, Kusile and um, Mudupi, which was the 400 billion that they owe, came from that operationally, they had the basis of a good operating entity. One more point I'd like to make on that, having heard what you guys were saying before I came. Even in terms of the debt in Soweto, I'm very encouraged by what I heard you saying, Justice, that that principle has been adopted and it's already beginning to, to take hold and gain traction. I also noticed in the media today that the representatives of the Soweto electricity ratepayers, whoever's representing them, said they must sit down and negotiate uh, with a breakdown of where that debt is sitting. They pointed out quite correctly that there's Maponya Mall and there's Jabulani Mall and there's all sorts of other major users in Soweto who owes that money. You know, and, and in other words, it's, it's moving on with business now. There seems to be a new mood of business. One more word, I think, on SAA, which contradicts everything that I've said. <laughs> that you put it in charge, uh, Leslie Matheson in charge as a business rec- rescue practitioner. And then the ANC decides that they want a national carrier. <laughs> They're not prepared to give up 4,500 jobs. They want to preserve it for whatever reason they want to preserve it, okay? And now anyone worth their salt, like a Leslie Matheson or an Andre Dorota, understands that those are the forces that you need to work with. Leslie Matheson would be looking to himself now and saying, okay, we've got a bailout. We can carry on flying for now. Which is an important thing because when those pl- planes fly on empty and there's no confidence in booking SAA tickets, you, 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 you're dropping out of the sky and you're right into, into the ocean. So he's now got that lifeline. He can now start looking for private sector partners or alliances with Ethiopia or Turkish or whoever it is. Everyone knows that that's more or less the end game. So to my mind, I'm encouraged, and I think that a Moody's, I also, last word on this, Moody's has said they put us on, in November, I think it was, on negative watch. That doesn't mean an automatic downgrade after the budget in, in February, March. It means they're watching to see the progress that's been made. And given that there is good management at the, at the moment, good CEOs and a business rescue practitioner, that's the way forward looks like it's got some hope. You know, in your, in your, in your latter part of, um, view around SAA. Yes. I'm glad you, 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 you sort of preempted my thoughts that you're yes. contradicting yourself. Um, particularly when you look at how the turnarounds normally work like. You can't, you can have all the, you can have the good CEO or good board, but the, the, the organizational composition mm. in the current format, it's not sustainable. Because mm-hmm. as, unless of course there's policy certainty around restructuring mm. of the SAA. Because if private players want certainty, which is the conversation about tonight, you know, say, <coughs> do, is there sufficient business confidence that has been built around SOEs? Can a would-be partner 
in the in in the uh, aviation industry say, well, I'm not confident about the trajectory of SAA from a policy point of view. Okay, is there is there that kind of of of, of confidence or that kind of certainty? Well, for 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 SAA, um, that that's too early to say because uh, the business rescue is still busy, uh, and business rescue will make recommendations, and I anticipate that some of the some of those recommendations may not go down well with uh, people in government because it is, it's in the nature of business rescue op, uh, operations to be as straightforward and blunt about what needs to be done with the business going forward. So I, I, my, I anticipate some of the recommendations may not be, may not be liked. Maybe, hopefully I'm wrong. But my view about SAA is as simple as this. SAA, government may just sell SAA. If they are occupied with the flag, you know, they can do what, what BA did. You just sell the, the, the thing to, to private hands and then, you know, keep provide it, you keep a tape. It's as simple as that. You see, in the, I know the, the, <laughs> I, have, I have an idea of the, of the airline, airline business. The margins are so tiny, yes. so small that you need a management that's agile, that makes decisions now and very quickly. SA is not there. Well, Telcom is um, a passing point where that model worked. But, but justice, yeah? Justice disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I think the, personally, the, the, um, what, being, being a, a sort of a PR practitioner myself, I can tell you that, uh, in the way in which, um, I think this PR process is gonna work at SAA, Definitely there will be restructuring. Definitely certain aspects of the business are going to be let off. So there would be players that would come on board. So that, and has been pronounced. So in the biggest space of things, business is fair and comfortable, and they know the discomfort of the governing party. Now that provides a platform for them, and they've been addressed. For instance... Already in the space of BR, there, 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 there's um, already a proposal is being prepared because, um, as, as um, Eric has said, um, the 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 what they needed and what was a priority at the moment was to keep some of the uh, 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 flights, uh, flights in operation. In operation. So which was the problem? Because they could not, on the basis of the finances that they had, keep some airlines in the flight. Now with the, the, the two billion, it, that, that three billion comes, was gonna come in two tranches, right? So the two billion is coming immediately and the 1.3 comes later. So that keeps the, that in the, uh, in the skies. So you operate and you let some of the stuff, um, begin to work. Now what then happens is that the PR process then can accelerate because once it starts doing that, then they can begin to put some of the other assets that they want to put out and split from the core uh, out in the market. And those are the ones that the private sector will go in. And then what also gives certainty is that the government has been amenable to even on the core business to bring a, a, a certain level of partnership, whether it's going to be op, uh, operational partnership. In other words, you might have an SAA of, um, for instance, a form of restructuring could be we keep uh, the shareholding, but we 
we bring an operator online or whatever the case might be. So there's going to be a level of that. Absolutely. So that is coming on board and that has provided certainty, which is why the, the reason is now the creditors, because confidence is creditors, right? Because the creditors are the ones that were calling on the, some of the, the debts and the, 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 so, so some of them are beginning to now work with the BR practitioner and say, okay, we can see now where are we in the line of collecting and some of them are, are happy with the restructuring proposal that is on board. Now the second question that you had of the 700, 750 state entities, there's no question about that. The ANC has already agreed to say, look, these are too many. Some of them are operating um, in duplication. So there's going to be a process that is going to be uh, looked at where, for instance, some, instead of operating as in, in, in multi-layers, they could be created into one, and some will be let off indeed. And there's already a policy on that. Justice, 2011, mm. you know, Jacob Zuma instituted a restructuring form around SOEs, Okay. When he came to power, 2011, mm. you know, and some of those recommendations have not been implemented. And, and now we're going to tell about... the luxury then. The, 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 look, the, that was the, part of state capture. Yeah, right? the, 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 the issue now is different. <laughs> what is facing capture. them now is different. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, is that you yeah. know, we, we can't get to the space of commissions after commissions, task no, teams after... T- no, 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 but my, listen to my, my thought process. Mm. Um, I made an example in Kwaka for, about Kwaka earlier on, wherein there's, there's obviously water crisis. Guess what? There's a, a task team. Okay, what are you fixing? What you didn't? What we, which you already knew about? You know, it, it's just a in my mind, and most people are very are quite frustrated about this. I'm just hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that there is now genuine uh, appreciation of. The, the state where we are at, so that we don't just create this this investigations after investigation no, for purpose of of you know you know there's now genuine appreciation there's that. But can can I interrupt you know. there, perhaps, to just to show you the level of difference between 2011 and now, right? In Kwakwa, um within when the crisis was obviously uh, amplified, the minister was there, right? The minister was always there, Justice. No, no, but the minister was there, and there's a program of two billion rand that was announced immediately while they were there. In other words, there was a response. Obviously, the problem is that uh, because <coughs> of the way in which government operates, the problem has been there for a year, which is where my problem is, that they took a year up to the point that it could be escalated to, to the national minister. Mm. And but. We know that by the time the main national mean, as we speak now, if you can check, um, with that two billion rent, there's at least now about, uh, on a daily basis, trucks being brought on board with, with the tankers and all of that, which we, we didn't have before because the, the local government was not pushing for that to happen. So the crisis has been elevated and I hope that one of the solutions could be to access the frontier. Well, um, this is something that I'm hoping. I, this is something that I questioned from 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 day one. That we have had a premier who was there for ten years, and here is a, a reservoir that then. sits literally fi- less than fifty k, and nothing has happened. And pr- providing you know water tanks is just a it's a temporary temporary solution. It's a temporary solution. Mm. But we did not need people to get you up in arms in streets, you know, out of desperation to get the attention of the, of, of leadership. 
That's one thing that that's something I'm trying to put forward. We don't have to. Zolusi? No, no, no. I I I agree. Um, I mean, the cynic in me would say they're doing all these things that Justin is Justin is talking about <laughs> because there are elections next year. Yeah, you know, the, the jury's out. I mean, the elections will come and go, and let's see what happens then. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Anyway, yeah. our your, your last part in short, we've got about literally forty seconds before yeah. we. I, I just think that South Africa, where it is now, and with this leadership that is there, there's no choice in many of the decisions that we see now. There's no choice because we are fo- we are basically being forced uh, because of the situation and the circumstances. So unlike probably five years ago, we could have said these things and they couldn't be happening. Now we are forced. We have no choice. Our tax base has reduced by almost a million and we have serious problems that, I mean, I think the reality is sinking in now, uh, which is why you see a lot of uh, implementation and focus and responsiveness. Okay. Yeah. So your part in short? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I hope um, it justice, justice is right uh, about the, the ANC, the ruling party, um, seeing that you know, things need to, to be done differently. Um, and and let, let, let's see what happens. Okay. Eric, you're putting short? Most worried right now about coronavirus. In terms of business confidence worldwide and how quickly the World Health Organization can, Responded. can get, you know, on top of this problem. I don't know how quickly they solved the SARS problem at the time, but that to me is the big issue right now. <coughs> anyway, as we, we're as part of a global environment. We're not isolated. You yeah. know, we, we keep beating ourselves over the chest all the time, but really we're not the biggest factor in the world right now. No, but reality, um, uh, Eric, as, as I'm closing this conversation, unfortunately <coughs> we don't, we run out of time. You know, I've always used a, 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 a uh, pyramid as a, a metaphor. There's all of us sitting here, we probably represent less than a percent right on top. Majority of people don't have the same of luxury of talking and talking and talking. People are desperate to see action. And I, if the, the, the words of, uh, 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 um, Simonia, uh, mine, uh, I think his name is Froman. Yeah. Um, he said recently, uh, I think it was a precursor before the mining in Daba. He says the president does no longer have the luxury of time. Mm. He yeah, understands, you know, he, the president does no longer have the uh, luxury of time because uh, he has missed so many opportunities yeah. and business confidence. To, to get it back, it takes longer. So it is up to him, and not only just talking and planning, it is an execution. Mm. We all know, we all understand that he, he is battling to find these, these, these forces. Mm. But be that as it may, speed and agility, as Mzoli said, Connie, these are things that needs to be done like yesterday. Unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with this. It has been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Uh, Eric, thank you very much for coming through. Zolisi Timanda, thank you very much. much. Justice Indaba, thank you very much for coming through. Until we meet again, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, agents, listen up. I went with my mom to the Sour and Silver gift shop, and I have this amazing.